Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Crypto Blurb. We have a packed day today. A lot of bad news surrounding the crypto space in regards to regulations and exit scams, but we've got a little bit of bullish price transaction uh, analysis that we're going to get into and talk a little bit about Apple and their recent regulation of Coinbase. If these topics interest you, feel free to subscribe to the channel and make sure you guys smash that like button. Let's get into it. Our first bit of news is coming from Cointelegraph's Colin Post. Posted a mere two hours ago, new U.S. Treasury sanctions on Russian hackers hit Monero address. The U.S. government is charging ahead in its pursuit of privacy tokens according to its latest sanctions. This should really come as a surprise to no one. The U.S. regulation body has been very adamant in its pursuit to crack Monero. Just last week, we saw that they were offering a $625,000 bounty to anybody who could provide a working crack. Uh, as far as even just a prototype of that, they could still walk away with just half a million. Per Wednesday's additions to the list of sanctioned individuals, the United States Treasury Department is targeting Monero addresses. Russian nationals Dmitry Karasdidi and Nala uh, Donald Potekin have become the newest names on the specially designated nationals list. According to the Treasury's announcement on the subject, the two engineered an elaborate phishing scheme targeting U.S. citizens in 2017 and 2018. Both parties had a number of crypto addresses, including Bitcoin and Ether, as well as Zcash and Litecoin. Surprisingly, Karasavidi's information includes a Monero address. Through the, though the Treasury has been updating its crypto capabilities, including last week's targeting of the crypto wallets of several Russian nationals allegedly involved in election interference and government-sponsored misinformation campaigns, this is the first time sanctions have singled out a Monero address. The investigation is the result of a now-familiar collaboration between the Treasury, the Department of Homeland Security, and the Department of Justice. A criminal complaint has been opened charging the alleged hackers regarding the announcement the Treasury Stephen Mnuchin's secretary said, the Treasury Department will continue to use our authorities to target cyber criminals and remains committed to the safe and secure use of emerging technologies in the financial sector. Crypto analytics firms that contract with the U.S. government, such as CypherTrace, have been busy developing Monero tracing tools. The IRS, as we just spoke about, announced a bounty for anyone who can crack the infamous untraceable token. But can they do it? I've had the fortune to speak with many uh, crypto YouTubers just last week on this topic. And it seems the general consensus to be that if Monero was traceable, if there was any type of ability that the federal government had to trace these addresses from Monero's algorithm, that there wouldn't be a bounty in the first place. This is almost a bit of bullish news for Monero. However, if you are a US customer like myself, it's a real big put off for privacy coins. Like I, I have personally had, I had Monero, I had Zcash. Uh, as of today, I have sold both. And it is because I cannot see what the future of regulation will hold for US customers and I can't be caught holding investments that will be deemed illegal for use in my own country. It just seems to me that as we move forward with regulation in the US, 
that the concern of our government here isn't so much crypto as a whole as it is being able to monitor your transactions. And as though I don't agree with the government peeking into my transaction history, I also don't agree with openly disobeying the law. So I have since sold all my privacy tokens. That is except Litecoin because they don't have a working privacy product yet. Uh, If it comes out, when it comes out, I will take a look at my Litecoin holdings respectively. The point is, is that if you're a U.S. customer, you should be looking at your anonymous section of your portfolio with diligence as to whether or not it deserves a space in your portfolio moving forward. Let's move on. Our next story is coming from Cointelegraph's Benjamin Pyrrhus. It was published a few days ago, but it is really important that we talk about this. Another DeFi exit scam has made off with $20 million in investment funds. As always, the mantra of crypto, do your own research, do your due diligence, folks. This is getting ridiculous. This space is so riddled with scammers, especially with new token listings on Uniswap. The other day, in a six-hour period, over 40% of Uniswap projects were pulling rug rug pull scams. In a six-hour period. This should come as no surprise that we are going to see these as we continue. Just make sure you're doing your due diligence, not just listening to YouTubers, to podcasters. Make sure you do your own research so that you don't get caught up in one of these rug pulls. Let's get back to the article. Is DeFi unraveling or are these just growing pains? The rapidly expanding DeFi space is becoming riddled with scams as another suspicious product has headed for the exits carrying speculators money. A new liquidity mining pool DeFi project, YFDEXF.Finance, has exited the market after defrauding investors of $20 million in total funds locked in its protocol. ZY Crypto wrote this on September 10th. The project shilled its vaporware hard via Twitter and messaging apps such as Discord over the previous 48 hours. Cointelegraph tried tracking down details of the effort, but all traces of the scam appear to have been deleted at press time. The DeFi space has moved incredibly fast in 2020, especially in recent weeks, with projects such as SushiSwap seeing millions of dollars in action only days after its launch. Some such projects, however, have proven to be problematic in a variety of ways. I can't agree more with Benjamin. This space is dangerous. If you do not understand what you're doing, DeFi may not be the space for you currently. Make sure you guys are learning and educating yourself. You can head over to thecryptoblurb.net and sign up for one of our tutorials on the basics of crypto to get your feet wet in the education space so that you can better understand what you need to do when taking such risks. You can also find plenty of free information on our YouTube channel at The Crypto Blurb where we go over a lot of the basic things about crypto on how to make, send transactions, how to keep your crypto safe, how to avoid scams, and how to do your own research so that you don't get caught up in things like this. Let's move on, guys. Our next story coming from Cointelegraph's Marie Hewlett. Apple forces Coinbase to change its crypto product, says CEO. This should be no surprise. Apple, the app stores in general for both Android and Apple have been no friend of crypto as we have seen many 
applications, even legitimate applications, forced to jump through consecutive hoops just to get listed and then only to be delisted if not in agreement to the wild set of rules, especially with Apple, that are provided in regards to payments in crypto. We have also seen this outside of the crypto space. Apple is currently in a lawsuit with Epic Games, the creator of Fortnite, for removing them from the App Store for not allowing the purchase of their V-Bucks without a steep 30% cut. We will keep you updated as we see this type of content pour out uh, over the next couple of months. Brian Armstrong has taken Apple to task over its allegedly exclusionary policies towards crypto app developers. The CEO of the US crypto exchange Coinbase alleges that Apple is stifling innovation in crypto and sidelining DeFi to protect itself from competition. In a Twitter thread published on September 11th, Armstrong doubled down on his earlier claims that Apple continues to block some functionalities for crypto developers. The CEO alleged that other crypto firms are reluctant to speak out on this for fear of retaliation, but that he feels the need to speak out as Coinbase has exhausted regular channels for dialogue with Apple and has reached a dead end. According to Armstrong, Apple has told Coinbase that it is prohibited from adding two specific functionalities to its iOS apps, the ability to earn money using crypto and access to decentralized finance apps, which affects Coinbase's exchange earn product and it has reportedly led Coinbase to having to modify its app in a way that is significantly less user-friendly. The CEO claimed that these restrictions are specific to crypto users, stating why would Apple want to prevent people from earning money during a recession? They seem to not be okay with it if it uses crypto. For iOS users, Armstrong claimed crypto apps lack features not because of developer inactivity, but because those features are being censored by Apple. In addition, Apple reportedly bars Coinbase from providing app users with a list of DeFi apps, both of which are really just websites. Apple's justification for this has apparently been that the app offers crypto transactions in non-embedded software within the app, which is not appropriate for the App Store. Noting that dApps and DeFi apps can regardless be accessed via a web browser on any smartphone, Armstrong claimed that Apple's decision is motivated by a conflict of interest. While these restrictions are ostensibly designed to protect customers, it increasingly looks like they were also protecting Apple from competition. By compelling users to use the Apple App Store instead of dApps or in-app purchases instead of crypto payments, Armstrong claimed that Apple's actions have a parallel in Microsoft's past antitrust issues when it compelled Windows users to use its proprietary browser, Internet Explorer. During the coronavirus crisis, when underbanked or unbanked populations may face even greater difficulties accessing traditional financial services, Armstrong accused Apple of placing yet a further barrier to financial inclusion. What do you guys think about this? I, I, I absolutely give props to Brian Armstrong. I am not a huge fan of Coinbase. I, in fact, barely ever use the platform anymore. I've had too many issues with their services going down during periods of high volatility, which is a huge problem for crypto users. However, good on Coinbase and Brian Armstrong for doing this and calling out Apple. It has been a huge problem in the app space of crypto uh, development that we can't see regular updates on uh, our crypto apps and let alone use all the features. I actually had Trust Wallet remove my ability to browse D apps so that they could remain in the app store. That kind of censorship is not welcome in crypto. Let's move on. Our last story for the day, a bit of bullish news to combat all the FUD we had in the beginning of the episode coming from Cointelegraph's Ray Salmon published on September 12th. 
bullish pennant hints at Bitcoin price breakout to 11,300. Now, I love reading these types of articles a day or two after they're published because we can really see the validity of this analysis. In this case, how valid it was. Bitcoin's price was consolidating into a tighter range as traders appeared ready to test the 10.5K resistance. Bitcoin price appears to have entered a weekend on the good foot after a relatively uneventful Friday uh, as the price continued between 10,200 and 10,400. At the time of writing, the daily chart showed the top asset tightening into a pennant. And since making a double bottom at 9,838, uh, BTC had etched a pattern of higher lows, which now pinched the price into a tighter range. While encouraging, the RSI remains below the midline. And even though BTC is now above the 100 MA, a breakthrough of the pennant to flip 10.5K to support is still the next step. We actually saw this happen just yesterday, about 32 hours ago to be exact. Uh, as mentioned in previous analysis, if the price can push through 10K, bulls will attempt to exploit the VPVR gap from 10.5 to 11. But it's likely that the 20 MA, 10.9, will act as resistance before moving higher towards 11,300. And what an excellent bit of analysis this was, guys. We are sitting at like $10,898 right now at the time of recording, looking like we're going to push to 11,300 at any moment. I love taking a little bit of a delay to read these articles so that we can check out the validity of the analysis, but this one looks like it was right on the money. So congrats to anybody that played this move over the weekend and, and put in the, those longs on Sunday night. Uh, Ray Salmon, great, great bit of uh, reporting from Cointelegraph here. This was an excellent bit of analysis. Uh, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be looking to hear, hear more from Ray as more of his articles are posted in regards to technical analysis of Bitcoin's price. That being said, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. Please, please do myself a favor and subscribe to the channel on whatever platform you're listening, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or if you're uh, on any other platform that may have added us recently. I'm not up to date on where we are at the moment everywhere. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Uptrend, Facebook, and whatever social media you're on. We are probably there at The Crypto Blurb. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you in the next one.